All right. And we are recording. Hey, good people. Welcome back. I'm Ashley. I'm Rashina. And we are Jesus Business and Culture. Yeah. What up? What up, though? This is always your always your what up, though. Is I mean, I always say something ratchet. No, not ratchet. Just, you know, you're like part of, you're one of, you're definitely like the cool auntie. And my auntie status now. I mean, wouldn't you say so? Am I auntie? Not auntie like old woman auntie. Wow. I just mean auntie I like am aunties. I am auntie status. First of all, we have nieces and nephews. What you mean? Oh, I do. <laughs> I don't, what do you mean? Like we're the cool aunties. We have nieces and nephews. Like I mean, well, I don't don't think auntie like uncool. Think auntie like Kamala. She's cool. Oh. A cool auntie. You don't want to be that old. I mean. Uh, yeah, I just mean you're part of the hip crew. Okay, like the time that the that the high school students thought you were 27. It was more like 23. Right, they thought you were 23, and when they found out your real age, they were stunned. Me, everyone's like, "Oh, you're an old lady. We're not surprised." No, which is okay. I'm fine with that. No, no, I'm totally good with that. Okay, we just had a segment on aunties, <laughs> and I am now an auntie. And now you're an auntie. But let's let's get uh. let's come back because you're not an auntie you're young and hip and cool yeah yeah i try my best to be <laughs> you keep me you got me on tiktok so you're officially young and cool i didn't get you on tiktok i don't know what made you get on tiktok but i didn't okay sure <laughs> okay, uh, sure not sure. convinced sure. why don't we start like we always do mm-hmm. and you tell us uh your worship worship song of the week worship song of the worship week. song week, of week, the worship week. Um, so because it's black history month, oh, okay, yes. I decided to take it all the way back mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just uplift our spirits a little bit. And I am going to, this is actually the, uh, first lyric. It says, we got, we want to go back to the old school for a minute, hand clapping and toe tapping. We want to visit our friends over in Chicago, sister albertina walker inez andrews the baron sisters listen jesus can work it out by uh dr charles hayes i love the doctor listen feels very important gotta put it up there okay i, think, I mean he earned, he earned that okay for it. jesus can work it out like when i tell you that song I, listen there were many mornings i was <laughs> on i4 just jamming to the song if anybody came by they're probably like who what is happening but I mean, you learn so much in this song. You learn about the Bible. You learn about the struggle, like all of that. It's talking about that habit that I had. I just couldn't seem to break. I prayed and I prayed, but I thought it'd be too late. Too late. You know, the choir come in. They got to they gotta <laughs> dip with it. They got to dip with too late, you know. Uh, at least that's what our choir used to do. I mean, I I think I think all choirs. Um, but then like the breakdown of it, it's talking about like Jesus can like basically ba- the baseline of the song is Jesus can work it out. Whatever problem you have, mm-hmm. Jesus can work it out, and it is over and over again. Abraham had a son. Isaac was the only one. Led him to a mountain high. Boy, getting ready to die. Abraham had no word, but from heaven he heard. Abraham, Abraham, there you'll see a ram. Didn't he, didn't he work it out? Didn't he, didn't he work it out? <laughs> you know, then it come in, like the beat come in, like the beat that dropped. Man, listen. You want to know what's funny is that obviously you and I grew up very differently. I did not know this song until I met you. I was like well into my 20s. 
was you were, you were like, they just took the Bible and yeah. put a beat to it. The next verse is, Job was sick so long, flesh <laughs> fell from his bone, wife, cows, and children, everything he had was gone. Wife came running to it, like devil in her eyes because she was like, whatever, uh-huh. whatever. Over you worshiping I'm the over Lord. you. Be sad with me. But yeah, man, but it just, like, talking about... Say you got a light bill due. Say you got a gas bill too. Telephone disconnected. Waiting for your next paycheck. Jesus can work it out. <laughs> They're talking listen, about real stuff. Listen, and during these COVID times, Jesus has definitely worked it out for a bunch of y'all. So and me too. Two time, your time again. And I think I'm done. That's I, that's, that's incredible. That took a long time, but no, it's good. But the but the lyrics to this song right here, like it's it's they legit. Okay, okay, I'm done. I'm going to kick it just a, a touch younger, okay. but still old school. Almost this song's almost 20 years old. Cool auntie status. Cool auntie status. I'm going to, uh, my worship song of the week is Brighter Days, uh, Kirk Franklin. Mm. And mm. it just makes me happy. And I think what I like about it is at the beginning, he's like, young people get up. And you get up. And, you- <laughs> <laughs> like, and in 2002, I'm like, he's talking to me. And here we are, 2021. I'm like, he's still talking to me, right? I'm the young people. Because if young, young people. people heard this song, they'd be like, yo, ma'am. Our youth choir wore this song out. Okay? I can only imagine. But just like everything's going on. We've sort of talked about how it's been hard to celebrate some of the things in 2020. And a lot of people had a really hard time. And we're in 2021. And we're all really wanting a brighter day. And yeah. like the chorus of the song is like, I never knew I could be so happy I never knew I'd be so secure because of your love. Life has brand new meaning. It's going to be a brighter day. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone knows a brighter day. Yeah. Um, bright day, get it, bright Sheena. Day, the guys in that day, song are the best day. part. Like, um, what would you say? The tenors? Is that what those? That's yeah, the ten- that's, that's the tenors. That's, yeah, that's Let tenors. our worship leader know that I, I. Bright day, bright day, Yeah, bright I can day. sing tenor probably. It's when I that's have to. Their, s- that's their note on yeah. that song. It's high. <laughs> it's high. But yeah, I just love this song. Like, it just, it just makes me happy to sing it and like worship to it in the car, in the shower, anywhere. Like, I just, I love it. It's good stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our worship songs of the week. They will be added to the playlist as always. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm still cracking up over <laughs> Jesus gonna work it out. Jesus can work it out. Yes, Jesus can work the it out. And testimony service, just like hey, your testimony light services. Hey, I done seen some uh, memes though Yikes. from and some videos from Church of Laugh though. Like I now know why they stopped doing testimony service. Because he said he had some. Uh, he, it doesn't I, matter. He doesn't yeah, matter. I can't, he I can't say that Yeah, he's a bunch of stuff. He, yeah, he, there's a reason that we don't let people just get up and talk <laughs> in the mic at church anymore. No more. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I mean, but honestly, we would probably welcome more people if people felt safe enough to. Yeah, I, I, I remember uh, when I saw one of them, I was like, see, this is why they cut testimony service, but this is why people ain't getting free. Because, yeah, you got to whisper about yeah. your stuff. Like, hey, this is my thought. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little pomp and circumstance a little yeah. bit. But, it you is. Know, but, but sometimes, like that's where that's where that chain broke. I'm I'm praying that that man's chain broke with what day. he was dealing with. Yeah, by getting that out and putting that out there, and uh, that the the brothers of the church and the deacons of the church got with him, and you know started to disciple him. Yeah, and and work with him. He had some. He was kind of mannish. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was <laughs> definitely mannish. he was definitely mannish. Um. So we've been talking since the last time we recorded, and this meme has been. I it's not a meme, right? Like it's just somebody. It's like somebody posts a tweet. I don't it's know a, what the young people a, call this. It's a repost of a tweet. Repost of a tweet. 
It's been a tweet has been going around from Twitter. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Well, and it made itself to Instagram because I saw it on the Instagram. Yeah, you were on the Instagram. I was on the Auntie Instagram. Ashley. Aunt, yeah, yeah, Auntie Aunt Ashley, which is fine. I, you know what? Speak, we're gonna have to have a whole like chat about aunties, maybe an episode and what okay, that looks Aunt like. Ashley. But, Okay, you're doing the most now. All right. Enough with you. Okay. Anyways, oh, this was... Stern. <laughs> you see that? Y'all see that? <laughs> but Y'all this hear was that? happening on the Instagram, and I'm going to read it just for clarity, and we're going to discuss it. So it says, black people are the only people I know who turn their nose up at generational wealth. Your parents paid for that. You didn't do that by yourself. We glorify the struggle, and that mentality is part of why we struggle to get anywhere. Your children shouldn't be starting where you started. Being able to give them a leg up is a blessing. I want my children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren to be living their best life as early on as possible. So that's the mouthful. Yeah. Like, to paraphrase it, essentially saying, like, we as a as a black community glorify struggle, whereas other communities are more generous or have more opportunity to give. So I would love to hear your two cents on this. I mean, give me a whole dollar if you got it. I'm checking around like gotta do the back. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get out of the car, I forgot my mask. Like, oh Dang man, oh god, run like, back. Your gotta do the slide for his uh, lighter. For his, for his lighter and you see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I first saw this, I was like, ah. But then I thought about it, mm-hmm. and I was like, you are so right. Like, this is a this is so true, and I do believe that Black people struggle with this mm-hmm. because we've struggled for so long. And um, it's almost frowned upon at times when black people don't struggle, when you get to a place and you haven't struggled. Mm -hmm. Like, well, like, so your parents just did all that for you. So, like, you don't know how to work hard. You don't know how to do this. Like, you know, and, and it's almost like, well, one, the struggle is always glorified. If you look at, like, celebrities and people who have become famous and stuff, they always talk about, like, the struggle of it and then where they are. So like there is from a society standpoint, a glorification of the struggle Mm -hmm. and getting past the struggle. But I think with black people, there are times where if you didn't have to go through the same struggle that person A did or person B did, then you didn't, you know, your, your journey isn't valid. I, I, I don't disagree at all. You know, and so it's like, it's like, like for me personally, I am so blessed. Like I'm, I'm grateful that I had a family, like my grandparents, my grandfather worked for Kelly Tire Factory for, until he retired, had an amazing job, upper middle class family. Mm -hmm. My mom um, is a nurse. She's a registered nurse. She was an LBN and then she got her, um, she went and went back and got her RN license as well. So like, again, upper middle class family, like I didn't want for anything. Right. My mom bought me my first car and my second car. My grandparents, all of their kids had brand new cars when they turned 16. Right. Like, Yes, we lived in the hood. I always say, like, I'm from the out of the hood program. You cannot deny that I'm from the out of the hood program. I just did not live like I was in the hood. You know what I mean? Like, I had, like, I had the J's. I had all, I I didn't want for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But within that, there were still struggles. For sure. Like, with every struggle, there are levels. There's levels to every struggle. It's just that, like, people are quick to take your black card if your struggle 
doesn't look like their struggle. Like if you went without a meal or you you had holes in your socks or holes in your shoes. And like, listen, people that come from that, like I commend you. Like I commend you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't discredit that at all. But also don't di- we can't discredit the people who actually was able to have a leg up, you know, from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, there's not a single thing that you said that I disagree with. I agree with every single one of your points. I think, especially in that celebrity culture, we we as a society, as a as a black community, really do glorify the I was sleeping in my car and then and then, you know, I got my big break and, you know, we 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 spend, what I would say is that we spend more time focusing on the I was sleeping in my car, I was homeless, I was on my last $20 versus the and then Kevin Hart gave me five grand in my first pl- start in a movie. We kind of like brush over that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was Tiffany Haddish. Simil- I might be mixing up a little celebrity, but yeah. I think that was Tiffany Haddish's story. And like she had a rough childhood. Also, like, Amari Har- uh, Hardwick. Yeah, um, Ghost. Ghost, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. So I think I think we, we focus a lot on the struggle. And I, I, I really think that that's inherent. I think that like it's, it's a generational curse if I'm being like really like – overly not overly spiritual about it but like if we just talk about it as is like I think it's a generational curse of like I never got my 40 acres in a mule and I've had to pull myself up from my bootstraps and if you got anything different Mm -hmm. you probably were close to the master and had opportunities and that was frowned upon right and we've just gotten past you sold somebody out yeah Mm -hmm. and it's just gotten passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down and like I we've talked about this this is this is like a a funny like story or um parable for lack of better words but they talk about like that story where the little girl was watching her mom make thanksgiving dinner and she cut the leg off the turkey and then put the turkey in the oven and she was like why do we cut one leg off the turkey and put it in the oven she was like oh i don't know your grandmother did it ask your grandmother she asked her grandmother she was like i don't know why we did it ask your great-grandmother she goes and asks her great-grandmother and her great-grandmother says oh the stove was just really small we couldn't fit a whole turkey in it so we always cut the leg off and so like those misconceptions of how things are supposed to be or passed down. And I think unfortunately in the black community, like we've passed down that struggle is the only way or the best way. Mm -hmm. And it's the way that really sharpens you and honed you. And listen, that's true. It does. It does sharpen you and Mm -hmm. it does hone you. And I do think that everybody should face adversity, but there's a big difference between a family who is afforded a loan with a great interest rate and mm-hmm. our families being afforded no loans, no interest rates, no opportunities. And the only job you can work is, is a mate mm-hmm. and generations of, of that. And I think in addition to the struggle being glorified, it also taught us that we don't talk about money. Yeah. Um, like, so we glorify the struggle. We talk about like, oh, I made it out of the hood and, and God forbid you make it out of the quote unquote, make it out of the hood. And then everyone's like, you've changed, man. You used to be like, and you're like, I don't know what to do here. Right. Like yeah. you want to make it out, but you don't want to leave. And I, that, that's a tough balance for people. Yeah. But I think to your point, like you grew up upper, upper middle class. I think I thought I grew up upper middle class mm-hmm. until I had to pay bills for myself. And I was like, how in the world did Denny and Didi do this? Like, mm-hmm. Five of us kids, <laughs> we had a, a house that had one bathroom. And, like, listen, I don't have any complaints about my childhood. You know Denny and Dee Dee. You know how I feel about Denny and Dee Dee. And, like, I think the joke for a while was that, like, I grew up in Candyland. Like, everything yeah. is just happy and we played outside. And it was all of those things. But when I became an adult and I was like, one plus one, carry the 500 for soccer mm-hmm. and the 
all the J's my brothers had. And this was before you could buy J's on Twitter and all like we were driving right. to like Cleveland. Yeah. And yeah. like ordering you were travel- through, we you were, were traveling. ordering through East Bay through the local shoe store yes. to get J's. And yeah. I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. Like my my dad had a you know a real pretty good job, you know, working for the county um as a therapist, but my mom worked at a factory. And I I I don't she wouldn't care, but the first year that I worked for the Orlando Magic, maybe the second year, I paid more in taxes than my mom took home. And she worked in this factory for 40 years. Wow. And I think about the fact that like we don't we never talked about money. Like mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way that we needed all of those things. Every nice pair of J's, every nice pair of whatever. But like my parents wanted us to have better, even if that meant that like we were struggling. Yeah. Privately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's that interesting balance of like glorifying the struggle, but also like not wanting anybody to know about it until you've made it. Yeah. We, we don't want to, we don't want to struggle. We, we want to put on, yeah, we have all the stuff. I think back to the shopping sprees that I had with my mom, especially me as like the baby 10 year mm-hmm. only child kind of, even though I have four siblings, like, yeah, like I had a pair of jeans when I was in high school that were $120. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money in the like nineties, the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I just think about the fact that like, we never wanted anybody to know that like things were hard. Mm-hmm. I didn't know things were hard. And I might, and I don't think my parents would even say things were hard, but like I know now doing the math, that was, that was the struggle. Yeah. And so it was like, we want, we only want to glorify the struggle once we're past it. Yeah. And I, it's kind of like that false narrative, even on, on Instagram, right? Like everybody's highlight reel, everybody's great life, all these things. And it's like, it's not honest. And mm-hmm. we set people up to fail Facts. when we don't share like real life. Facts. Facts. No, I definitely I agree with everything you just said. Um, I just I think it's interesting that every community kind of helps out their children. And like it's almost like in the black community, you 18, you out on your own. Go on somewhere. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a woman. Yes. Go on somewhere. Because that men get, be living get in out. That, you know, you need to get your years. own stuff. But like the white community, like they will. No, come on back. Come back after college. Save up. Take that unpaid internship. I'll pay your rent for a year. And part of that's the luxury of being able to do that, of stacking generational wealth. A hundred percent. And like because of my grandparents, um, my grandparents plus my mom, I was able to have an experience where I didn't have to like work through college. Mm -hmm. Like my mom was able to, she did travel nursing while I was in school so that she can have that extra money to pay for anything that I needed, Mm -hmm. like extra, like my party in it. <laughs> she didn't need to know what it was for, but you, you were able to live comfortably. She don't need to know. <laughs> but yeah, like she was, she, yeah. But like my apartment and all of that kind of stuff and paying my bills, like basically I was, I had a card, a debit card and I would swipe. <laughs> and wow. That, and that was, you know, that was it. But like, that's, that, that was a blessing that I had because I had, my mom and my grandparents that helped Mm -hmm. out so much. Um, And just talking about that, like um, talking about uh, the black family helping each other. Like a lot of times it is a sacrifice. Like you were talking about with your parents, like it was a sacrifice to help out kids and to help out grandkids and, and, and so the black family doesn't have that type of discretionary income. Like 
not every <laughs> cent is yeah. accounted for to the dollar to the you know to the cent almost um 1000 percent. yeah so at the end of the day like black people are basically sowing a seed a sacrificial seed like you're talking about even kids like lebron james those type of kids like nah nah fan we want to help you out so you can get out and i think that that's one reason why they come in with those entourages because oh. you feel like you have to give back but like you're basically rolling the dice on a sacrifice that maybe 1000%. maybe has a return and maybe not i mean a really good example of that is Allen Iverson and Dwayne Wade. Now those stories ended up just slightly different, Mm -hmm. but Dwayne Wade talks about how like he showed up at his first wife's home when they were in high school with a black plastic bag. And that was all he had to his name. Mm -hmm. And they basically took him in and helped him and were with him at Marquette. And like, we see these athletes. Like I remember watching Dwayne. He's not that much older than us, but I remember watching him in college and being like, this kid's got everything. He's got a great life. And he was like, I was going days without eating. Yeah days right but like i think that's in and then alan iverson talks about like and i know alan iverson gets a bad rap i ashley turner loves i love ai that's probably the one pair of sneakers that i would like buy why you didn't tell me i didn't know that was Mm -hmm. an option um but anyways like alan iverson had this massive you know like group of guys and family and people's rent lamar odom's another really good example of people that like he felt like he owed Mm -hmm. because they maybe paid for one tournament or provided shelter or fed him and they, they were all really just taking a, a risk on helping him because oftentimes that help from a family in the black community is at the detriment of somebody else a hundred percent like my dad and again everybody know like love my parents they've done everything but my dad loves sneakers you know denny he comes to visit for two weeks he brings a whole bag of just shoes yeah like tennis rack like he loves standing out in the driveway waiting, waiting for, for the ups guy because he was waiting for a new racket and new shoes i'm like dude you're here for two weeks like you're not roger federer like yeah, why there with his hand in his pocket like waiting for the ups so he loves sneakers loves gear like i've never seen any almost 70 year old man look this good on the tennis court like Yo, danny turner from head to toe, head to toe like Aye. the one day he had the leggings on underneath and i'm like, like who really? are you right first but of all the 60 70 degrees here he was just excited yeah. he was excited to have all his gear but i say that to say that i never saw my dad have new sneakers yeah the entire time growing up my brothers had every pair of jays my oldest brother dennis saw a pair of uh carolina blue jays on a kid in a burger king and we drove four hours to get him a pair he cried until he got them and my dad wanted him to have it it wasn't like oh you're a spoiled kid like like he was like you're good kids i want you to have everything mm-hmm. my dad didn't buy new sneakers for like 30 years legitimately Wow. That's wild, right? Like, so that sacrifice often, and I know that sneakers is not a big thing. Like, it's not in the end of, at the end of the day, but like to think that a man who loves sneakers as much as he wants, which is why we never say anything about his insane sneaker habit in his near 70s, is because like he made so many sacrifices, he and yeah. my mother, so that we could get scholarships, play AAU and get recruited so that we could have good grades. Like I freaking played the violin. Like why my my poor parents, like (laughs) why are they paying for me to play the violin? Like it's just wild to think about. So like to your point, like that sacrifice often comes at a big cost. And then Mm -hmm. what's happening now, what we're seeing, and I I think you especially want to touch on this is that when you do when, so let's say the, the UNIs of the world and you know, the celebrities who do make it now, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z have these kids. 
they're living a very different life very than they grew life. up. Yeah. Specifically Jay-Z, right? Like Beyonce right. came from a two-parent home and her parents did make a ton of sacrifices. I'm not taking away from yeah. that. Uh, Auntie Tina, you know, and all of that. But their kids are living a different life. Yeah. And so what's the balance of, quote unquote, teaching them the struggle and teaching them to work and teaching them mm-hmm. sweat equity um, and I think we were talking about that Anthony Anderson. Yeah. So yeah, Anthony Anderson, he did an interview. I don't know if this was an old clip or something that was that, you know, was circulating. Resurfaced. Also, yeah. Resurfaced or uh, recent, but, um, he did a interview on the breakfast club and he was talking about cutting off his son financially. And he was saying that he cut off his son, um, when he started to make adult decisions. Mm. So his son went off to college and he had this like rap career. He went to act and all this, all this. So his he was paying for it as long as he was in school, mm. paying for everything. Everything. This is his covered. real son, not yeah. Junior on Black. Not Junior on oh, okay, Black. Okay, okay. This is his real son because it sounds very similar to Junior. It does. Now that I think about it, maybe they wrote that into the storyline. <laughs> Uh, because Junior uh, became a social media specialist for a rapper. Right, yeah, okay. That's um, why I was like, wait, is this a real story? But yes. I okay. mean, I'm, I'm assuming that it's a real story. He was talking about it on The Breakfast Club, but he said that once he made the decision to drop out, like he cut him off financially because he made an adult decision to do that and to pursue his rap career and all of that. And so he was like, he's doing very well, like, and he, he did it, but like he – cut him off once he made that adult decision so what do you think the age should be or should the parents cut you off i'm not a parent so i don't i don't i don't know from a parent perspective my two cents would be that like the beauty is being able to cut somebody off and them having a safety net it's it sounds very prodigal son to me right Mm -hmm. like um you cut him off but like anthony anderson anthony anderson's son wasn't going homeless he wasn't going to go without a meal, right? So, like, he cut him off to teach him and to groom him and to mm-hmm. show him um, what that looks like. And I and I think that that's pretty standard across all communities that, like, you're going to – I'm going to pay for you to go to school as long as you're in school, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to pay your, for your apartment as long as you're in school. I think what's interesting nowadays is that school is not the only way. That's true. We've pushed this college thing so much, and it's it, it's become this – crippling student loan debt for people for a lot of people it's the only way to get a good job like you can't make a good living being an electrician anymore which is not true by the way i just want to make that clear um welders are out here making 70 g's a year um anyways i don't know if there's a right age i think it's a right maturity um and i think that's different for every single kid and probably different for every single parent because we've seen it also go the other way right Mm -hmm. we're like man you're still paying for juniors apartment yeah and junior is not looking to do anything but chill or and junior married and about with with kids (laughs) living in your house like you're confused but like i mean i think that it's a luxury to even be able to cut a kid off if i'm being honest that's out yeah um but i mean i think it's 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 a maturity thing more than like an age thing right like my parents never cut me off Mm -hmm. uh but i think that there was a point of maturity that i was making enough money to live and support myself. But at the same time, like I think parents want to help. Yeah. Right. Like my parents would give me the shirt off my, their back if I needed it. So continue to make sacrifices. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they would do that for any of their kids. Mm -hmm. And I know your, your mother would do the exact same thing. Right. Like, and so what do you think? Like, is there a specific age? Is it like a, 
I I mean, I'm with you. I think it's a maturity thing. I think it's um, what you're doing with your life. Like, are you progressing? Like, are you going towards a career? Are you trying? Are you just like this? Yeah. uh, Wildflower blowing in the wind. And and, and I think to to an extent you still support them and support that child. But I don't I, I don't have a right. Yeah, I think it's just a like time. a. I, I think it's just a feeling. Yeah, I think what Anthony Anderson did. I know that he's a millionaire or whatever, but <laughs> <laughs> if in a similar situation, um, for someone who is probably an upper upper middle class family, like maybe I would. If yeah, I, had I mean, a kid. I think like, it's like okay, like you said, you wanted to go to college. I was going to take care of it. Like, this is what you want to do okay well like this is it yeah like you're you're on your own yeah um, and yeah sorry to interrupt with the, you with but the, with the, probably with a little safety net right i mean and also like it's like to your point of him being a millionaire like it's all relative right like mm-hmm. my parents cutting me off because i decided not to go to school is not gonna look the same way as anthony like you know what i mean like the cost of living there is yeah, like significantly for sure different. but like i think like i graduated from graduate school so i went Directly from uh, from high school to a four year college, mm-hmm. graduated in four years, graduated on a Sunday, started summer school on a Monday, and went to graduate school like mm-hmm. quick, pop, right? Pop, pop. Um, graduated from graduate school, got my first job, and had to move to New York City. Uh, first last broker's fee, I was it's like, not cheap. it's like five grand, and it was like, and I was twenty three. I had, I mean, I had been working, but not working, right? Like, yeah. not enough to have, and that's like the little things. Like, I didn't have five grand to cut a check <laughs> yeah. to live in a shoebox. If I did, it was student loan. Yeah, don't uh, even re- get me. Don't even get me started. <laughs> These refund checks that I thought refund were free, check. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> and like, my parents came up with it. To this day, I'm like, I don't know how they came up with that. Like, I honestly don't know how they came up with that. But like, it wasn't like that. Wasn't like, well, you made an adult decision to move to New York. Figure it out. It yeah. was like, we can help you. You're making wise decisions. Let me help you. Yeah. I mean, and, you were starting your career like. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I was probably 22, 23 years old. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was out here being like, I just want to paint in the park and see how I feel. And like, maybe mm-hmm. how I feel will pay the bills. Like my parents aren't down for that. <laughs> but they're here to help if you're pursuing. Dream- and like if I was said tomorrow, I think I want to be a painter. They'd be like, okay, like, I, l- let me, I, I they, they probably would have some questions, but they gonna keep your current job. <laughs> are you going to paint on the side? But they would probably support me. I think because I have a track record of making wise decisions. I, I think that that's the key <clears throat> track record. Yeah. Like what's your track record? Um, that's why if any kids are out there listening, anybody like make sure you keep a clean track record with your family and with yeah. whoever is your, um, guardian like keep a clean track record and i think as you get older you understand the value of a dollar like i said i one of the things that i think in addition to glorifying the struggle is that we don't talk about money in the black community Mm -hmm. we talk about not having it now you got some mcdonald's money you don't have a pot to piss in a window to throw it out of like you you know like that was like the conversations about money like that's it right either we don't have it or we have it there was no like let me help you understand that like the mortgage is this much and the car payments are this month and you want them to play AU soccer, AU volleyball costs this much. There was mm-hmm. none of that. And I don't know that you should burden a child with that, but I do think we have a responsibility as a community to teach our children a value, the value of a dollar yeah, and what it looks like to honor the Lord with your money yeah. and be a good steward of that. I don't think we do a good job of that. And Thanks. you put a stat in the sheet. I think it was that 
black families have 61% of what white families have. Like the median the household me- income. The, yeah, the median household income is 61% of that of a white family. Right. That's significant. Like, mm-hmm. think about if somebody said you were going to get 60% of your paycheck. <laughs> 40 percent that's like that's a lot yeah that's a lot of generational wealth it is in a big gap um but i think part of that is like teaching people about money like you don't have to you don't have to lay it away and you don't have you don't have to have it right now Mm. you don't need and like that took me a long time to learn right like Like, it's a no and it's it's and maybe it's just a no for right now or not yet. Maybe we have to save up for it. Yeah, I got to save up for Because there's no it. way that I should have had a job my whole life, like legitimately 13, had a job, and not have no money saved. Yeah. And not had a, a real serious bank account. Yeah. And I don't think that my parents did that out of, like, um, neglect or anything. I just think that they just, you made the money, you spend the money. Don't worry about anything. Like, I know your mom felt the same way. Like, she didn't want you to work. She wanted yeah. to pay for things and all those things. And it's like... Man, had I known, maybe I would have done some things differently know, about managing money, or probably, that like I probably would have put like twenty bucks a, twenty bucks away. Or that like <laughs> you want it, you don't have to eat out every day. Like let's find some what? balance and like I you know you don't. Need, I just was like, you want it? I have the money, pay for let's it. Let's do it. Like we joke in my family, like money burns a hole in our pocket. Like it wasn't until I was in my mid to late twenties that I learned how to manage money, mm. legitimately. True. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how am I making $100,000 a year and don't know, and don't have no money in my, po- in my account? That's yeah. wild. <laughs> wild. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, I had all suddenly somebody was paying me a lot of money, and I was like. I got a lot of money to spend. I got a lot of money to spend. Yeah. I like Kate Spade bags at the time, and I <laughs> like <laughs> Infinity cars with 22-inch oh rims on them. Like, I had no. drug dealer car. I missed that car, though, a little bit. I'm not getting a new one. The Prius is paid off, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm driving the Prius until the wheels fall yeah, off. Yeah, we gonna we gotta talk about what payoff. Yeah, <laughs> we we gotta can talk, talk about, about that. it now. We gotta talk about that, but um, I just think that we need to normalize luxury. Ooh, let's talk about that hashtag. What, you, what I feel like you're being funny, but you mean it a little bit. We need to normalize luxury. I I just think that we are now in a position where our struggles of old aren't necessarily what we're struggling with like what our grandparents struggle mm-hmm. with it's not the same listen there's like i said before there are for sure levels to the black struggle for sure like student i mean it's one student loans rates housing rates that discri- like discrimination and all of that I mean, like that fair wages at fair jobs. wages that still exists for sure but we are still able there there's more there are more people who are able to help out their children help out nieces nephews family members and like help people and it's okay that if your background isn't a struggle bus background Mm -hmm. it is okay that you started a, a little bit ahead of everyone else and you didn't have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps like your mom helped you up your mom helped you she 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 took you on one side and you got the other one and you were able to pull it up yeah i think it's okay it's more than okay i I was gonna say i'm not gonna say i think no it's okay it is it is amazing it is fantastic and i think not i think i know that the children that are growing up now need to hear that and see that and be appreciative of that and continue it Mm -hmm. almost the same thing with like We've seen a black president. We've seen a, a black vice president. We've seen a female vice president. Like, 
let's not just check the box on that. Like, okay, who's next? Who else can we help? Who else can we, mm-hmm. uh, how can we cultivate um, more black men, black women, people of color to go and, and uh, elevate to those positions sure. and, and be in those positions and want to and desire to be in those positions. And the same thing with having money and being able to buy your kid a car. It is okay. They don't yeah. have, if you, if you don't want your kid to have to work a job and go to school to pay for their car, it is, it is a okay. You just have to, Learn how to not have a spoiled brat as a kid. I yeah. was spoiled. I was a spoiled kid, but I wasn't a brat. If my mom told me no, same. I was like, okay, same. Okay. There's no. I I couldn't say with a straight. I would be scared to get struck by lightning if I said I wasn't spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, spoiled. I'm thir- I'm almost thirty five years old. I'm still spoiled, right? Yeah. Like my parents still want to be like, let me help you. I'm like, help me what? I'm fine. Everything's yeah. fine. But like they still want to spoil me. But like. They also taught me and gave me the ability to work and desire to work and like Mm -hmm. take care of not only myself, but like I can't wait to have children and be able to provide them with opportunities without it being stressed. I know you want me to have a baby. And I can't and I can't wait to just buy you a minivan just for the heck of it. You guys, this is a whole other story. We're going to get into the minivan. I want to be able to just like buy you a minivan as a gag gift and that'd be okay. Uh, you know, I'm gonna tell you that's not good steward of your money. Like I don't care, but, but I want to be after you do that. Are we gonna do donate it to the Boys and Girls Club <laughs> or something? Because like that's <laughs> we can. We but can like do that. It, I, like that's how it should be. Yeah, and that's how it. Like I I sell real estate, and we, you just bought a house by the, not that long ago. Um, and the lady the lender was like, well, typically for first time home buyers, their parents just give them the down payment. And I said, ma'am, what you mean by typically? You mean typically white families? Because like. That we don't have it like that. Like, there's no way. I mean, my mom makes great money, great money, but she ain't got a a spare like 20 G's just like laying around for me to like, hey, here you go. But I believe that our kids will. I'm working on it. I mean, I don't want no kids, but somebody, nieces and nephews, and and, you know, our children will. Like, I want to be able to be like, okay, you don't have a car payment, or like, I can, we can, you're not on scholarship, we can pay for you to go to school, right? Like, I needed a scholarship. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean like we would have figured it out I would have imagine how many loans I would have had if I wasn't on scholarship in undergrad right like I thought the other day like you know after this like financial thing that we will talk about another time that like I could buy my niece a car yeah. I could give her my Prius and be comfortable with getting a new car yeah and it wouldn't be like a, oh how am I gonna mm-hmm. I could just give her my Prius and get a new car and like it wouldn't impact me at all like God willing having keeping my job and all those things but like for the first time in my life, I'm like, you can have it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we just, I think we've developed a healthy relationship with the struggle mm-hmm. and coming out of the struggle. Now we need to elevate and have a healthy relationship with not struggling in that same way. Mm-hmm. Because there's always struggle, like I said. But we, you just don't have to struggle the same way. Like, and, yeah, we don't have to glorify it in the same way. Like, And we can honor it and we can um, acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. without it being shameful if you didn't have that same level of struggle Thanks. right like you can just make it and that be okay somebody could have helped you and that be okay like help is not a bad thing and I think that's what we're trying to get at like I know like I hate the hashtag normalized luxury but I get it I think I've mentioned it in every podcast since. yeah because you know that it like <laughs> makes my skin crawl but I think there's a balance this and this might be where my skin crawl is there's a balance between I don't have any money in my bank account, but I have Gucci shoes, 
weave down my back, nails, all those things versus like I've all my stuff's in order and it's okay that I want to buy a nice car or it's Mm -hmm. okay that I want to eat whatever. I think, I think that's where like my like struggle comes in. I'm like luxury or overspending. Right. Like, and I, but I do think to your point of like normalizing luxury, I do think that we need to like allow people who are successful and who have worked hard and have made it or maybe their parents have helped them and they're working hard or whatever the case may be that there's no shame in you wanting to buy something nice for yourself yeah. or something nice for somebody you love or for a friend or whatever the case may be like yeah we do have to i, I know that the hashtag has gotten some like mixed reviews but <laughs> i do think that like they we don't have to shame rappers or celebrities or our family or our uncles for having a gucci belt or for driving a nice car like there's no shame in that we should celebrate each other and pull each other up. I'm going to try my best not to judge people with Gucci belts. Listen. I'm going to try my best. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a, not standing in line for a Gucci belt. That's I'm never going to. I'm going to try my best. Never, never going to, never going to be a thing. Yeah. I'm just using the Gucci belt as an example. I don't <laughs> actually mean Gucci belts. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg and all those guys, black t-shirt, not a Gucci belt. No, and that black t-shirt like costs like 300 bucks. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they spend a lot of money on holy t-shirts they do celebrities but yeah generational wealth we're building it we are we are yeah can you imagine how much different our life would be if we lived in new york and had like a safety net man i sometimes think about like our friends who we also lived in new york with and like their safety net versus ours yeah i think but I, that's random and i know we're done we're done um with this topic but like i sometimes think about like how different it would have been if we knew that like rent was going to be paid no matter what no matter what yeah and not that like it wasn't it was it was easy or for them or they didn't have to pay their bills but like if something went left it was going to be right i mean because we created a little village ourselves like (laughs) you know one of our friends like he used the air conditioning unit (laughs) that you gave him when you left New York like until he moved I and I appreciate that like that was a gift that I was like happy to give and it was like <laughs> my parents bought it for me <laughs> speaking he took of, your futon too he took everything and he should we're yeah. still friends right like right. like he doesn't owe me anything other than like to answer my phone call when I call as a what's up bro how you doing yeah. living well yeah so I think that's it that's it I, I, I yeah let's, let's just normalize luxury and continue to build uh, generational wealth. Healthy, healthy relationship with, with money. money. Yeah. All right. Well, as my best first godson would say, that's, that's it. it.